G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. History Makers with Matt Prater. Coming off of drugs, you're going to have emotional problems, but I kept chasing after God. And he's using this vehicle to bring people out of the dark into the light. And I went forward and I knelt at the front, and it, it was a radical conversion experience. And that's where the big change happened, and that's where we decided we're going to use our music for God, we're going to change our songs. When I was about 25-year-old, I was uh, busted and into jail, and it was there that I came to the Lord. History Makers with Matt Prater. Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're chatting with Pat McFall, who is the pastor at New Hope Hawaii Kai, and it's a beautiful part of Hawaii. And uh, we've uh, had a great church service today and a great lunch, and we're having a bit of a Starbucks coffee here. And I said, let's have a bit of a chat and hear a bit of your story. Uh, So, mate, uh, tell us your background. Where were you born and raised? All right. Well, aloha and uh, glad to be here. We, I, I was raised in uh, Salinas, California. Um, so uh, a town um, close to like Monterey Bay, uh, the Monterey Bay area of California. And uh, I grew up there. My wife and I both did. And um, I got saved when I was about, about I'd say 16. Um, my parents put me in a, a Christian school when I was real young, but that was just because it was closest to their work. When I was about eight years old, my dad got uh, diagnosed with colon cancer. And so we spent a lot of time uh, as a family kind of battling that together, uh, went into remission, uh, and then it ended up coming back. So my dad actually died a couple weeks before my 13th birthday. And so um, that was then my, my, myself, I have an older brother, my mom, we were part of a small church um, a, a small 40 member, you know, four square church in Salinas, California that really became family to us. It was our first real and true experience with the church being what the church should be a family and, uh, and showing Jesus. And, you know, family doesn't always ask for permission. Sometimes family just shows up. And so family showed up for us in that season. Uh, mm. Um, as it would happen, I ended, we ended up having the, my, my brother and I's birthday is like one day apart. So we ended up having my dad's funeral, like on my brother's birthday, my day, my birthday was the next day. It was a real hard time for us. Uh, but my dad received Jesus two years before he died from colon cancer, oriented our whole family around Jesus. And, um, when I was 16, I got invited to a, uh, a Sunday night afterglow service, as they called them, because my senior pastor at the time was like a Jesus movement hippie that still had long hair and never got over it, <laughs> and uh, invited us to to uh, Sunday night. And I was not interested at all. You know, I'm 16; I could care less. Um, but it was my youth pastor who is uh, a guy that that Jesus had radically saved out of prison fully tatted out, lost teeth because he was smoking crack. And he was like, you're coming to church on Sunday. And when Jimmy said you were coming, you were usually coming. He taught me how to surf. And I was like, I'd rather be watching The Simpsons, but okay, I guess I'll show up. 
And that's where God really, I encountered the love and the power of God in a very tangible, real way. And that's what I would say my relationship with, with Jesus really started mm-hmm. was when I was about 16. My brother was sitting right next to me who ended up um, having a very similar experience. And even now today, my brother is actually the senior pastor of the church that we grew up in, oh, wow. basically. So he's in ministry, and uh, I serve out here in Hawaii. Awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. And your pastor had a connection to Lonnie Frisbee in yes. the Jesus Movement. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah, so my uh, pastor, uh, Neil Liebig, was a uh, Jesus Movement pastor. He got mm-hmm. saved um, in the Jesus Movement and was a part of uh, the Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa um, church when uh, Chuck Smith essentially was kind of being a father to all these hippies that were kind of coming in. Uh, ended up building a relationship and having a great friendship with Lonnie Frisbee, who's a catalyst for that Jesus movement mm-hmm. um, of incoming hippies coming in and, and ended up being a catalyst for the Vineyard Movement also with John Wimber. Um, and so uh, I, well, I just, Neil basically uh, grew us up as he discipled us on mm-hmm. just Jesus movement, uh, miracle stories and testimonies of God's goodness and mm-hmm. what it looked like to do, a, 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 to see a genuine move of God like mm-hmm. that, a move of his spirit amongst amongst people and um that really shaped me when i was young you know mm-hmm. i i still to this day i've never seen something like that and i'm praying that god would move again in in that way mm. uh because i think the world is ready for that i think the world is always hungry um for a movement of god's um presence that really prepares us for where we're supposed to be in eternity mm. you know mm. and where we're supposed to be with him well it's interesting timing too that the jesus revolution movie yeah. has been released yeah. which has got uh, you know, it's featuring the story of Pastor Greg Laurie, yep. Chuck Smith, and Lonnie Frisbee, and yeah. uh, Fraser Crane yeah. plays uh, Chuck Smith in it. You know, from yeah. Fraser the TV That's show, right. pretty cool. That's right. And uh, the guy that plays Lonnie Frisbee is Jonathan Rumi, mm-hmm. who's Jesus from the Chosen. From the Chosen. Uh, so yeah. pretty cool to see that. You know, that movie's out, and you know, I just hope that God's going to use that movie. Yeah to spark another yeah. Jesus revolution, because yeah. we need that, don't we? Absolutely, we mm. do. Mm. We need, you know, when I think of um, what was going on, it was it was such a catalyst for the Jesus movement. Um, historically, you know, you have this sexual revolution that's coming, this, this incoming drug culture. There's so many different, the youth culture is radically shifting, reacting so much against what they viewed as the establishment, even of, of organized religion mm. and just different things. And then you have just the the natural, real, what is a, a, a radical nature of Jesus himself mm-hmm. resonating so much mm-hmm. with a, a, a fatherless generation and, and a generation that was looking for something more than what they saw. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think now we could easily say, you know, 30 years move, removed from that movement, 30 years plus, that we're probably still, probably even more so, some of the most fatherless, some of the most lost, I would say, when, when we have, we're struggling, uh, in our, our young people struggling with an understanding of their identity, mm. we need a movement of God that anchors us into something that's bigger than politics, something that's bigger than, uh, than, than just uh, good Christian clubs. Like we need something that anchors us in the very power of God and the love of Jesus. Amen. That shows us that 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 when when Jesus said he was the Son of God and he came to set captives free and he came to offer abundant life, that he means it. He meant it then. He means it now. Yeah, amen. And so that's what we. I'm, I'm I'm contending for that. We've seen 
moves of revival in Hawaii, and I'm contending for that too. There's several people on island that have really know that history so well, mm. and I don't pretend. I, I have uh, Native Hawaiian ancestry. I don't pretend to know all the details of all mm. of those things, mm. but I know that there are people that have gone, gone before me that have cultivated and seen moves of God, and I think that uh, the soil is ripe and ready yeah, uh, for those seeds of revival. And, you know, uh, I've done a bit of research into uh, Titus Cohen, mm. who uh, led a move of God here many years ago. And I've heard Pastor Wayne Cadero talk about yeah. that a lot. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just the fact that the New Hope movement has grown so much yeah. and has, you know, there's something like over 30-something churches mm-hmm. uh, on uh, the Hawaiian Islands and then now around the world, totally. you know, many, yeah. many hundreds around the world. Yep. Um, tell us a bit about how you got connected to yeah. the, the New Hope movement. So I um, actually... I got saved at 16, and then um, my kind of story is that I, I, I was doing youth ministry, on-campus outreaches. Um, my, uh, my church at the time uh, gave me a, a pastor's license. I don't know who okayed that, but that's what they did. <laughs> I was 19, and now I'm a four-square pastor uh, doing on-campus ministry, young adult ministry, working with multiple churches all throughout the city. Um, my wife and I ended up finding uh, or uh, finishing Bible college down in Southern California. Uh, my wife and I got married in 2007, moved up to Tacoma, Washington, where we were part of a community there, which was amazing. They had experienced a kind of a renewal movement as well and uh, really, really powerful. The Lord really established some great foundations for my wife and I in our, in our marriage and, and a lot of healing work in my own heart. Um, particularly just kind of processing through what it meant to, to essentially lose your dad and still try and move forward in the freedom that we have in Christ. But I just needed, the Lord knew he needed to remove me from some ministry activity for a season. Mm. So I started doing a master's program uh, through Fuller Seminary. And there was an intensive that we, in Pasadena, California, the program was primarily online. And so I ended up meeting a guy named Aaron Cordero, Pastor Wayne's son, and a guy named Elwin Ahu. And so they were the Hawaiian guys uh, that were part of the cohort. We got to know each other over the two years of the um, required curriculum. Uh, Pastor Aaron ended up asking me to come and speak at a camp in 2012. And at that camp afterwards, we saw God do some incredible things with just a group of about 50 or so junior hires and high schoolers. God was speaking. Um, there was just so many cool things happening. And uh, it was shortly after that that they asked me to pray about being part of the team here. Very cool. So that's how I got to Hawaii. Um, I didn't really know a whole lot about my native Hawaiian roots until um, I moved here and then started connecting with friends, family, and uh, things like that, uh, discovering some of the roots. And so we do, we have some really cool connections with some of those early revival movements. Mm, mm. Uh, my great, great grandpa was named after two of the congregationalist missionaries that were part of Emiola church, um, in the, in that, that second wave of missionary mm. activity. And mm-hmm. so, um, we, there is, there's a legacy that I think has been really, uh, amazing in Hawaii. It's something that I treasure mm. again, to the degree how, what the God wants to do with all of that. Hey, that's up to him. Yeah. I just know it's really cool when we see that we have a legacy that we didn't know we had. Yeah. For me, I was just like a guy whose whose dad died. I didn't really know much about my family. Then I come to Hawaii and I see that like there is a real incredible legacy that I just didn't expect. Mm. And it even if nobody else ever knew about it, it was cool to see that for myself and for mm. my family and for my kids mm. that God that we were not just random 
you know, it's not, it's not by random chance that we're in the families that we're in, that, that we're part of the stories that we're part of. God has a redemptive, incredible divine purpose for all of it. Mm, and amen. so it's been cool just discovering that more. Yeah. Um, so I uh, was part of the church here since 2012 and in 2016 stepped in as the lead pastor and uh, just have been, have been going mm, since then. Mm, yeah. Awesome, mate. Well, it's been so good to see all the different New Hope churches and yeah. Hawaii Kai here is such a, a beautiful spot. And I remember preaching here many years ago mm-hmm. when you were the youth pastor and you had, you had long hair at the yeah, time. Yeah, it's like down to my shoulders. And then you decided to become a, a Zac Efron impersonator. Yeah, exactly, is that right? exactly, yeah. You get that a lot, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not as tall, but yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, and then you also um, have a, a big heart for journaling and daily devotions. Yeah. And, you know, for those who don't understand... Uh, the the New Hope mm-hmm. Soap devotions. Yeah. Do you want to just unpack for us yeah. how it works for you and your church? Absolutely. So a number of years ago, our uh, founding pastor, Pastor Wayne Cordero, established <clears throat> the Life Journal, um, the Life Journal, Life Journal Reading Plan. His heart was just: we need to get the Word of God as part of the daily habit. If you look at the early church, one of the things that were building blocks of the early church was their habits and their routines, their routines of going to the temple, Mm. reading the word. If they didn't know how to read, they Mm. would get to a place where someone would read it for them and they would meditate on it. that, That was part of their rhythm and routine from early Judaism into even the early first century church. Thousands of years of history. Well, the same is for us. That's part of our DNA. And so when Pastor Wayne said, hey, I just want to create resources Um, for people to be able to journal and just be able to write the word down and write what God is saying. And so the SOAP method of journaling is really a way to do simple uh, deed, or I'm sorry, inductive or inductive Bible study where you're just getting the text and you're just reading whatever in the reading plan you have, you choose the scripture that jumps out to you. Don't overcomplicate it. And it's, that's the scripture is the S the O is the observation. That's just any good Bible student, whether you're a beginner, whether you're 20 years in, you always want to ask the question, well, who's this about? And why are they saying what they're saying? And what's Mm. happening here? And why did that happen? And where is it? Uh, What part of Israel are they in? Asking all the who, what, where, why, when questions, Mm. like good journalists, like good Bible investigators, right? So you have S, scripture, O for observations. What are you seeing? And then the A is the application. Why? Is because... People who follow Jesus are unique. Mm. We don't want to just read the Bible so we gain information. We actually then want to do what it says. We don't want just more information. You've probably heard this over and over again. Mm. We don't just want more information. We want to be transformed. We want transformation in Christ. And so when we read the Bible and just like turn away and don't do anything like James, like it, it doesn't do anything for us. It's like, okay, that was a great Bible study. But what we want to do then is say, because of what I've read, how, God, do I need to apply this? Is there a, an application to my life? How do I need to live that out? Well, then we need to write that out. Okay, so that's how it's going to affect. That's how the gospel is going to affect the way that I parent my kids. That's how the gospel changed. He saved me from sin and death. Okay, that's going to change the way that I talk to my wife. Mm. So Jesus, help me do that. And then the last part is the P. S-O-A for application, P is for the prayer, because we never want to disconnect our Bible study, our worship, or anything we do from the practice of prayer. Mm. We pause in that moment, and we actually write that prayer down. We just say, okay, Jesus, I'm asking that you would make that so real in my life 
Some people get a little like, write your prayer? Absolutely write your prayer because you're gonna wanna pray that prayer over and over again. Mm. I can just tell you, I've looked at journals from the last two years, uh, journals that I've had since I was 18 years old that I've kept, and some of those same words that I wrote down have become the language of my prayer, wow. even in the last two years That's as good. we've navigated our way through COVID. Mm. Because I needed words that God spoke even when I was 19, mm. didn't even know Hawaii was even gonna be a reality for me. Mm. And I needed to remember, I remember when God said that to me, when I read that out of scripture, mm. and I remember that promise he gave, and I remember that encouragement. Oh man, yeah. and I would pray those things, yeah. Mm. Awesome, mate. Well, it's so good to uh, hear how you've been implementing that, yeah. not just personally and in your family and in your, mm. uh, in your church. And that's always one of the things that I get so encouraged by whenever I visit a New Hope Church mm-hmm. to see that we're all on the same yeah. page. We're all yeah. in the Word yeah. and we're all encouraging our people to be in the Word, self-feeding in yeah. the Word. Um, now, if people want to find out more about New Hope Hawaii yeah. Kai, uh, what's the website? Yeah. You're on social media as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, you can just find us at newhopehk.org. Um, all of our resources are there, resources that we develop and, um, and anything that we use that we try and help people with. Um, all of our archive messages and mm-hmm. things like that are all there. Mm-hmm. Uh, newhopehk.org. We have an Instagram, Facebook, and a uh a YouTube that you mm-hmm. can follow there. Um, I'm on Instagram too. Don't mm-hmm. worry about that though. No. <laughs> cool. <laughs> awesome. Well, Pat, it's been so good to catch up with you, mate. I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining oh, us. Man. Aloha, guys. Thanks so Thank much, you. Matt. If you'd like to hear this conversation again, listen online anytime at historymakersradio.com. There you'll also find links to all of our social media channels and you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we want to thank everyone for their generous support. If you've got a suggestion of anyone we should interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless. I'm Matt Prater and my challenge to you now is to go and make history. Matt Prater's latest book is now available. History Makers, devotions, downloads and dad jokes. It will take you on a journey through God's Word and will hopefully give a few laughs along the way. It's just $15 plus postage. Order now at historymakersradio.com. Discounts available for bulk orders. The heart behind this book is to challenge people to get into the habit of daily devotions with Jesus. Find out more at historymakersradio.com. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 